0: And today we're talking about why we're going where we're going. So not just the fact that we're going together towards multiplying churches and towards all that God has for us, but but even why we're going there. And we're excited to do that together. If if it's your first time here or or your 30th time here and you don't know this, I'd love to share with you that these are our contact cards. And if you've never filled one of these out before, the reason that we have these isn't just to spam you, um, but you might feel like that at times. Uh, We'll try not to. But here's what we want to do. We want to love you really well. We want you to know what's going on here at the church. We want to know how we can serve you. If, if there's ways that we can be praying for you or your family, or let's say you got grandkids, you'd love to get them involved, but you can't quite figure out the website and the, the way to do that, and when does AC meet and when does, when does vertical infusion meet, and we would love to help you with that. We'd love to to get your family involved. Here's what we've found. We have found that when people uh, typically... Uh, when they start coming to a church, typically what they like to do is kind of come a couple minutes late, check it out, and sit right in the back, and then leave maybe a couple minutes early, and and you enjoy the sermon sometimes, and you enjoy some things about that, but but the problem is you never really connect with anybody, so you always feel like a stranger. And how many of you have ever been there? Have you ever been there? I've been there. I've done that at times. And and so here's what we just found: when people enter into community, and when they enter into relationship, and they find out, wow, these these people are a lot like me, and they're going through some of the same things that I'm going through, and they found hope in Christ, and and they encourage each other. Man, there's just life transformation that happens inside that community. So we would love to get you involved in community, um, not to like bulk up our communities, but for your good. And so if you're interested in that, we'd love to have you uh, fill this out. Let us know who you are and how we can serve you, how we can get you connected. Um, That is one of the things that I get to do uh, going forward, and I'm excited about our Life Together groups, our CTCs, oh wow, thank you, um, uh, we're excited about all of that. We're excited about seeing what God does in relationship. Um, even uh, there's, a, there's a Life Together group from down south, um, and uh, the Silverthorns are in, and I think they're in the service. You guys back there? There he is. And so uh, going through some health things again and some cancer stuff again, and just the way their Life Together group has come around them. Man, it's encouraging. Everybody wants to be involved in that kind of community. And so I'd love to get you involved in that. Today we are, uh, we're talking about where we're going as a church. And I'm excited about it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had, uh, how many of you ever had two bosses? Anybody ever had two bosses? All right. Is that, a, is that a cool thing? That is not simple, is it? Having two bosses or two managers, uh, it just, it's not easy. And sometimes even like mom and dad can feel like two bosses, right? Mom I know for us with the boys, sometimes I'll say to do one thing, Crystal says to do another thing, and the kids are caught in the middle, and they never quit, you know what I'm saying? But two bosses is not simple. I grew up in a family business with my dad and my uncle, and we'd get to work doing something my dad said, and my uncle would come in and say to do this, and then, you know, somewhere in the middle, you're taking a break, and you're not doing either one of them, and you're in trouble from both of them, not just from one of them, right? And so having two bosses is never easy. And even Jesus said, nobody can serve two masters. You're either going to love one and not love the other or, or really follow one and not the other. And it, it's really hard. And so we're going to kind of talk about that as we talk about mission and as we talk about where we're going. Okay, so let me pray for us and we're going to get started. God, we're coming to you this morning and I'm asking that you would lead us, that you would speak to us and lead us and guide us into the truth of your word. God, not that K2 would get bigger. Um but that you would do your work here in this place and in our families and in our communities. God, that more and more churches would grow up, that, that more and more people would come to know you and the meaning of life and that they would have life and life abundant in you. God, would you, would you stir us, would you speak to us, would you lead us and guide us toward that end? God, we just say out loud what we believe, that God, this isn't about us, this is about you. So God, we want more and more people to come to know you and trust in you, to grow up in you, and to walk um, in life forever in you. God, that's our prayer. And so I, I pray that you teach us today from your word, and that you would take us in that direction. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So today, um, we're going we're to tell a great story uh, that I really like. Um, I don't usually tell stories that I don't like. I feel like this is dark here. I don't know if there's a light that can be there. Um, but here's a, uh, here's a rope, and I want you to think about this. Um, I want you to think about this rope. And uh, this is an old illustration, and you might have seen it, and Francis Chan does this. And, uh, and so there's, there's a rope, and most of us think about life uh, in a certain way. We just do. And uh, if you notice, how many of you notice the rope actually on the ground all around, right? Those of you who are detail or safety-oriented, you notice that. And uh, I am neither detail nor safety-oriented, and so that's why it's on the ground. Um, I want you to think about this life as uh, kind of like a, uh, this rope, excuse me, as like a timeline of your life. And, and it's really going to guide kind of where we're going today because, because the reality is is that each of us has a timeline in our life. And if you're here and you're a Christian— there's something about this rope that you believe. I mean, you might not even know that you believe that, but there's something about this that you already believe. And, and it goes like this. The story uh, of God's word is that, that our lives have a beginning, okay? That, that there's a point in time where we're created. Now, God, God is beyond time. In fact, Jesus is called the Alpha and Omega. He is the one who is before the beginning, and he is after the end, eternity. He, he, has, no beginning. he has no beginning, and he has no end. And Actually, God's name in the Old Testament is simply being. I exist. I am. That's his name. It's the name that he gives Moses to give to Pharaoh. You tell him that my name is I am. I always was and I always will be. No one created me. I am. I exist in and of myself. And the word teaches us that, that God was together in community, that he was three in one from, from eternity past, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and the Son, the Bible tells us, is the creator, that, he, that Jesus, before he was born here, before he became incarnate, or in flesh, in, in meat, in flesh, before he was born, he created the world. He created time. And he breathed everything into existence, and he breathed Adam and Eve into existence. And so the, here's where you and I come in on the story, is that we were created. Actually, David says that, You and I were knit together, almost like your grandmother would knit together a scarf for you um, that you would wear every day. Um, But you would say, thank you. And uh, he knit us together in our mother's womb. Knit us together. That, That the God of the universe knit each one of us together with that kind of precision and care. And we had a a point in time that we began. But here's what the Bible also says. The Bible also says that life doesn't end at death, that life goes on forever in life together with God or or in judgment and death. And and so here's what happened is that people chose to walk away from God, to walk out of fellowship with God, to sin against, to go their own way. And and they chose that, and, and eventually God said, I'm going to send my son because they need to be forgiven. And no sacrifice can cover for, what the Bible actually says that because of sin, that death has to happen. And, and death happens, and, and the only way sin can be forgiven is with the shedding of blood. And he says, I'm going to send my son to die in their place so that anyone who believes in him could be forgiven. Jesus literally says that he is the he's the replacement for us. He is like the sacrificial lamb given for us for anyone who believes. And literally walking with God, knowing God, having right relationship with God is that simple. It's the opposite way. Because here's what we do as people. We make up tons of rules and if you do this this and this then you're good and if you wear this and if you look like and it, then you, you must be good. And, if you, and we make all those rules and regulations and, and the thief on the cross says to Jesus, I'm guilty and you're innocent. And he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And so each of us has this timeline and this is what you believe in. You might not know this, but, but if you think of this as the timeline of your life, um, the Bible says that each one of us, in fact, in Psalm 90, the psalmist says that, you know, we get about 70 years. I don't know if you've noticed that pattern. Some of us get 90, some of us get 40. You get about 70, maybe 80 if you're lucky. That's what the psalmist says. And he says after that is eternity. And it's either eternity to life or eternity to death. And, and, he, and here's the thing. Um, you and I, I, I want you to think about this orange part. You see, because the rest of it goes all the way around the room, and it would just keep going if, we, if I could just spend thousands of dollars on rope. Do you know how expensive rope is, by the way? Holy cow. Anyways, um, so check it out. Uh, I want you to think about this as your life. Because this is really the biblical picture, is that you and I, we get, we get like 70. We get like 80. And, and then eternity. And, and the thing is, is that you and I, man, we, we try so hard to work really hard. Like right here, we're like, man, I got to kill it. And I got to think about it here because man, there's a couple of weeks right here that, man, these are really significant. And I really want to, I want to do good. And I want to, I want to invest well because this 15 years right here, like after I'm retired and before I'm too old to really enjoy it, that 15 years right there, oh man, I, I got to nail those, right? Those are important. So, uh, and, and do you even notice the people on the video? The majority of what comes out of us, because if you ask me what the meaning of life is, like I probably have the right answer to give you. I mean, like, the, you know what I mean? Like the Not that I have the right answer, but um, do you know what I mean? I probably have the standard, you know, pastor answer kind of thing. But if you corner me and ask me, like, at the right time, like, what's life about? Man, it, you might get an answer a little bit like those. Because that kind of stuff comes out of us, doesn't it? It's like, oh, gosh, I kind of knew yesterday, but I don't know today. Today's not going so well, and I guess it's about my kids, and I guess it's about hopefully being happy, And, and all of those answers, the majority of them are right in here, aren't they? And God says, here's what you believe. If you believe in the God of the Bible, if you believe in Jesus, the reality that you believe is that you have this brief stop of a life. And then eternity. And and when we talk about mission, um, the mission of the church, um, it it looks like this. Uh, Jesus, before he was, uh, before he went back to be with the Father in heaven, Jesus, uh, he was with his followers, 500 of them for 40 days after he rose from the dead. They killed Jesus. He rose from the dead, conquering death. And the very first thing that he says to his disciples is, peace be with you. He says, I've forgiven you. I want you to go out giving forgiveness. And he's with them for 40 days talking about it. And then he ascends into heaven. And he says, the angels come and they say, the exact same way that Jesus left, he's going to come back and get you one day. All right? And so here's what he says to them just before he leaves Matthew 28 says this uh, Jesus says, he came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, to the very end of the age. Okay. Uh, and so Jesus, this is called the Great Commission, and it's literally what what Jesus says his followers are supposed to be about. And the rest of the New Testament is the story of, of all all of those individuals. You got to understand, they went out in lots of different directions, right? Um, and so the New Testament largely follows two of those apostles and, and shows the way that Paul and Peter and a couple others went from there and did this very thing. And it talks about some of the churches that got started and some of their lives as well. All right, but, but the church largely went out in every direction. And, and what we have in the New Testament is the letters kind of from one strain of that. All right, maybe two. And so anyways, here's what happens. This is the Great Commission. It's what we're supposed to be about. And at K2, this is the way we say it, okay? This is the mission statement of K2, that we are here. You know that our church, we, we started from a group of 30 people from Michigan six years ago. And, and, and so that group of people came here. And this is kind of the way we, we say that mission in our context, in our time, here in this valley. And so this is what it says. The, the mission statement, there we go. To establish multiplying churches throughout the Western Rockies, and the world that engage those being sought by God, okay? So to make disciples who are making disciples, who are planting churches that make disciples of all people around them, okay? To engage those who are being sought by God. Who is God seeking? The Bible says that God is seeking everyone who would believe, that none should perish, that all should come to repentance. And so literally, we want to see multiplying churches that, are all over the place, that are seeking those who are, that that God wants to be sought, to, um, to engage those who are being sought by God. And literally, I hope you feel it here, that we wanna be a church that we can engage with anybody because God is seeking everybody. And we wanna be able to engage with anybody. We want anybody to be able to come and feel at home. And so there's something there, there's life there, and I wanna find it. I wanna find what makes those people tick. Okay, so that's the kind of church we want to be, and we want to see God create other churches like that. And so, as we think about this, and as we think about the mission that Christ left, we want to pursue it. We don't just want to talk about it. We want to pursue it, and we want to run after it. Uh, let, me, let me give you an illustration. Um, I don't know if, uh, if many of you uh, run, I know lots of you run and work out and stuff, um, so I, when I do cardio, uh, I do it for like 20 minutes, and some of you are like, dude, you should think about 25, right? And so, uh, <laughs> so I do it for 20 minutes, and here's what I want to say. Um, like I know, because I, you know, peek a little bit in there, and so um, I know that from 16 to 19 minutes, man, I, I am killing it, and, and it's killing me, right? But I am going as hard as I can. Why, why am I going so hard from 16 to 19? Because I know that cool-down thing is coming at 19 minutes, right? And, and, and here's the thing. I've only got so much time in the day, okay? I've only got so much time. And so I got to nail it from 16 to 19. I, because the rest of my day, like, my body's going to keep on working, right? It, I mean, like, if I'm, if I'm drinking a pina colada while I'm working out, right, is it really going really to have the net effect that I want it to have in the long run? No. Do you know what I'm saying? It's if I'm killing it here because I know there's more. And in the same way, here's the deal. You and I have got to think rightly about our lives. And Jesus talks about this. I love this story, and I'm actually going to get to it at this point. Um, Jesus tells a parable. And by the way, if you have kids, I would really encourage you to get them involved in, in our AC program or if they're older, in Vertical or Fusion or Roots um, I, our kids just went through, if you have kids in AC, our kids went through um, this, uh, I don't know, this theme called parable investigators, right? They, they were looking at some of the teachings of Jesus. And so I knew I was working on this earlier in the week, and I'm hanging out with my now six year old, my son just turned six. And I said to him, I said, Crusoe, I said, do you know what a parable is? And um, he's like, well, yeah, dad, I'm a parable investigator. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, all right, tell me what it is. And so he said, uh, he said, dad, parable is a story that Jesus kind of you know made up that kind of like worked for the people there and he goes my job is to like understand the story so I can understand the spiritual thing that God was talking about that Jesus was talking about I'm like where is Dave Elsog I gotta call that guy right now man I love that guy Dave Elsog is our children's pastor and so, so here's the thing Jesus told stories to make the obvious spiritual message simpler to understand Okay, to get right to the point to tell the story, and sometimes it, it takes us in a different direction. And so we're going to be in Luke 16 today, and uh, I love this story. There's a story about a guy, and the Bible describes this guy as a rich man. And so this rich man, um, he was smart in the sense that he said, i, I got to find somebody to take care of my stuff for me. I don't want to take care of all the details. i got to find somebody to take care of my stuff for me. And so he does that. He hires this guy to do it, and he hires a manager and this manager goes about his work and it's not too long after he gets started working that the the manager gets reports. And so I don't know exactly what kind of accounting they did back then, but he hears it kind of round table, hey, that guy, he's taking advantage of you. So maybe one of his partners, you know, one of his friends down at the club or wherever they hung out, he says, your guy's got a bad reputation, he's taking advantage of you. And so he didn't have him clean his desk out that day, which is more like what you and I would probably do today he came to him and he said, hey, listen, I hear you've been stealing from me. I hear you've been robbing me. And that's a problem. And I'm going to fire you. First of all, get your accounts in order. Okay? And so this guy has notice. And while that might not be the way we do it today, that's the way they did it then. And uh, so the guy starts to think. He thinks, what am I going to do? He says this. He's, he's like, basically, I'm done here. Right? So my boss knows everybody around here, and it's not like I'm going to be able to go manage for one of his buddies, because I'm a crook, I'm a thief, and now everybody knows it, and so I'm not going to be able to do that, and so my reputation's bad, and I'm, I'm too proud to beg still, you know, I'm not going to get into begging, and I don't really have any other skills, and I'm too lazy to dig, so I don't want to dig and do manual labor, and so man, what am I going to do, and he comes up with a plan, and so Part of what he did in managing his master's assets is, is he controlled some of the debt relationships of people who had debt to his master, and uh, he controlled those relationships, and so he called those people in for lunch, and they met wherever they met, and they came in for lunch, and he said, listen, by the way, he said, um, you know, I know you, I know you owe uh, 800 gallons of olive oil to my master. Um, uh, let's make it 400, okay? Let's just call it 400. I like you. You're a great guy. Um, let's just make it 400, we'll call it even, okay? You owe him 400. And uh, that guy's like, great, you know, and uh, calls in somebody else, and I know you owe X number of these, let's, let's cut it by a third. And uh, hey, you know, remember me, let's go golfing like we talked about, right? And, uh, and, and he does that with a number of different relationships, okay? And then Jesus continues the story. And here's where we pick up. We're gonna be in verse eight of chapter 16 of Luke. The master commended the dishonest manager because he'd acted shrewdly for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light i tell you use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it's gone you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth or just money, if you've not been trustworthy in handling that, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Okay? And uh, and so Jesus, he shocks the people who are listening to him. Totally blows them away because the story is totally going one direction, right? And you've got the bad guy painted, and you know what the lesson's all about, right? The lesson's about truth and the lesson's about, about being uh, honest, right? And, and everybody following is tracking with him. And then Jesus says what? He says, this, this clever cat, this shrewd guy, he's brilliant. And everybody steps back. And maybe you've read this before, and you've thought, Jesus, did, did you get that punchline wrong? Like, are you sure that's the guy that is the, the, are you sure that's who you want to compliment? Because he's a crook, and he's, and so different people have tried to figure out how he could do this without actually Stealing from the boss and try to, you know, say, well, he must have been really wise and really good and maybe he paid for all those things personally. Try to, and, and so it's not the point. He, here's what he says. He says, this guy is amazing at coming up with a solution to look after himself. He has no options and he knows that he has to look after himself and he comes up with this amazing shrewd, the word is shrewd, this amazing, shrewd, wise, clever, creative outcome. And Jesus says, I wish that the children of light were that clever, were that creative, were that industrious. You see, I don't know what your experience is, um, but so often uh, people who claim to believe all of this um, live, for the majority, like, you know, like like everybody else. They live like this. And then, and then this is just kind of bonus on the end if it happens, right? Maybe it'll happen. Maybe, I, I think it'll happen, right? Um, and, and Jesus says, uh, He says, man, He said, wouldn't it be amazing if, if children of light or those who follow me, those children of God would, would be as shrewd as those who think that this is it. See, when you think this is it, you gotta get on it. If you think that there's 15 to 20 good years here on the end, or, or maybe you're lucky and you get 40 good years, and, and man, you gotta get on it. You gotta be shrewd. You gotta come up with ways to make the most of it. This word shrewd is, uh, is interesting. There's, there's another story that some of you might know that Jesus tells about 10 girls who go out to get ready for a possible suitor, uh, a husband who's coming. And the tradition was that you waited for him as long as it took, it, it was announced that he's coming and then everybody has to get dressed up and makeup on and hair perfect and, and you go and you wait, right? And, and part of the deal was you had to be fully ready when he arrived. And if you weren't fully ready when he arrived, you didn't make the cut, right? You were instantly off the show. And so, um, and so you had, that's where reality TV got started, by the way, right? And so, (coughs) so anyways, um, 10 of them are waiting for, um, for Brad to come, right? And, uh, and so they, uh, they're there and five of them run out of oil in their lamps. It's in the middle of the night. And five of them run out of oil, like gas in their Coleman lantern. They run out of Coleman fuel. And, um... And the Bible says that they're fools. They didn't sort themselves out. And that the other five are shrewd. They are wise. They were creative enough to think far enough ahead to to come up with a plan to take care of themselves. And that's what he says about this guy. He says, this guy is brilliant because even though he only believes in the, the short section, now Jesus isn't complimenting that, but he says, even though he believes in it, he goes after it, and he does it. And he says, wouldn't it be amazing if I had followers that were that shrewd about eternity? See, wouldn't it be amazing if you and I were that shrewd about eternity? Not just about 15 to 20 years here, but, but about life. And he goes on and he talks about money. But behind the story about money is really what you believe about the rest of this timeline. Because if if this is all there is for you or even if you kind of believe in this but really the way you live, this is all there is, it doesn't make sense to invest in something that's out there. And he says if you really believe this, put your creativity towards this. The Bible says that there's a couple things that will last. It says that the word of God will last forever and it says that people will last forever. It says that all of the stuff that we spend our time on, and, and believe me, now some of you have creativity. Some of you have shrewdness. Some of you ladies are amazingly shrewd. I've been in your houses, and, and you're amazingly shrewd at within whatever budget you've been giving to doing a great job with your place. And you know when to be over it, TJ Maxx, and you know when to be over it, so-and-so, and peer-one-this, and double-discount. Sh- do you understand what I'm saying? You know what you want, and you have this to do it, and you go get it. Some of you know how to do that with groceries. Some of you know how to do that with your job. And you can watch, if you can look back in the last 20 years, and you can think, man, that person, career-wise, they were smart. And they're reaping the benefits of making good decisions at the right time and going forward. And so here's the thing. As a church, we want to be a church that does that very thing that always keeps in mind the mission and saying, we're going after this. The word of God remains and people remain. We are not interested, we're not interested in staying forever the same here just because it's comfortable. Now we're not trying to just change things just for the complication of changing things and moving you guys around and having signs on this corner and then signs over on this corner and that's not it, but I want to promise you, I want to promise you that we are going to be more and more shrewd And intentional and calculated and and risking pursuing this than ever because if we just have an amazing something for this little bit of time that looks really good and is really comfortable and it doesn't push people and it doesn't get any more people here and and Jesus says what reality do you live for what master do you serve and so as we talk about mission Man, I want to encourage you. There's a couple things that I really want to encourage you to, to do because, again, I, I, can, I can say that, but here's the reality is that God is alive. And if you're a follower of his, you have his Holy Spirit living in you. You have God residing in your heart, in your life, and, and he desires good life for you. He desires good life for you now and good life for you in eternity And there is nothing better than pursuing him. And so because he's alive, he can speak to you. He can lead you into how you ought to spend your time now, how you ought to invest now, even financially how you ought to invest now. Because the reality is your eyes get focused either in this portion or in the rest of life. You know, there's a girl that we prayed for earlier, uh, Lisa, who is quitting her job she got a good job here and and she's quitting her job to go spend six months serving in south america and we were praying for this morning and you know what's hilarious is some people look at her and she's like man i really know god wants me to do this and and uh, i'm going towards it and and some people say that's crazy how can you give up a good job in this climate in this economic time how can you do that and and go and serve and Because she's convinced that God's called her and it's good for her relationship with him and that he's gonna do amazing eternal stuff in other people. And some people say, how could you do something so crazy? And if you really believe this, the truth is, how could you not? If you really believe this is life, how could you not? How could you spend all your life grueling for 15 here when there's eternity there? so as a church we just want to tell you we are always going to more and more make our focus out here more people more churches coming to know jesus to know how to walk with him and the joy of walking him the joy of serving others the joy of following him the joy of knowing him in this life and that that we wouldn't be found here from 16 to 19 minutes when we got tons of energy and just spending it on ourselves. When we got tons of opportunity for a few more minutes and I'm having a cup of coffee and a bagel on the treadmill in my track suit <laughs> squirting misting myself to make it make me look like I'm sweating. There's no way you'd have to be crazy. So here's the thing. If you're new here, I'm glad you're here. And, and I want you to know that we really believe this. We really believe in a God that loves you and loves me and, and wants eternal relationship with you. He wants it for you now, and he can come into to your life. And literally, it says it make, God makes you a new creation. He gives you new life. And it's amazing. And, and, and we believe that we'll spend eternity somewhere with Him or away from Him. And we want as many people as possible to be with Him because He says that's His desire. That none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so here's the question that I want. Because the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have the opportunity as a couple, um, maybe uh, if you're single and you got some friends who are here or even aren't here, I would really encourage you to say, what are we living for? Really, when... When we, as a family, when me, as a, a group of singles, when um, a, as a group of students, as um, what am I, what am I living for? Like, what period of time am I living for? And it'd be a great conversation to have. A- and and then to say, okay, so God, would you would you teach us what you want us to live for? Would you would you help us to spend our creativity? Because spending creativity on your living room, that's not a bad thing. Spending creativity on your job, that's a smart thing. Spending your, your shrewdness and your, your creativity here, that's a great thing. And Jesus just says, be shrewd, be creative. And don't just be creative here, be creative for eternity. Be creative for something that lasts. So maybe the two questions to ask yourself where where do i see myself spending my creativity now my shrewdness now where do i spend all of my energy now and and then god is is there a way that you because i believe in you is there a way that you want me to spend it towards eternity do you guys know that jesus said literally to his disciples because they're like jesus you know we've given up everything We've given up our jobs and money. We've given up our homes. Some of us have left the comfort of our families to follow you. And Jesus says this. He says, if you follow me, if you you give up anything to follow me, I will multiply it to you a hundredfold. If anybody here works with money, if you could find a a hundredfold investment, a hundred times, not just doubling, not just a hundred times investment, Everybody would do it. And, and he says, I will repay you a hundred times what you invest in my kingdom. And you'd have to be a fool to only think 20 years out, to only think 30 years out. And so as a church, man, we would love to have you involved in, in the kind of group of people that are saying, God, how do we bring our creativity, our shrewdness, our... How do we bring it to the table in a way that you multiply it beyond anything we can imagine? So band is going to come on up and we're going to worship because um, as we sit before God, um, know this, that, that he loves you and he says that he is the giver of life and life abundant. And, and so God's desire isn't to, to rob you, um, but that you would receive greatly from him. So we're going to worship, and, and again, my, my ask to you today is that you would talk about that as a family. Where are we spending our creativity, and how could we use it more for eternity? Or maybe you even have a good question of, really, is there, is there rope beyond the, the 70? Have that, have that, if that's a question in your, in your heart, man, have that question. How do we really know? Have that question. Absolutely. And, and then where are we spending our time, and how could we do it differently? So we're going to worship. As I pray, the Connections team is going to come forward. They're going to take the offering. If you're visiting, uh, don't feel compelled at all to do that. If you're a worshiper here, if this is where you're you're a part of the body, if you're hearing from God here, uh, we'd love for you to give generously to support the ministry. Lord God, we come before you and we worship you. God, it is really tough for us. We just want to say out loud that it is tough for us to pack our bags for a place that we haven't been. Uh, But we know that you've come into our life. I'm a new creation. God, that you're alive in me. I know that, God. And so I trust that what you said is true, and I look forward to eternity with you. And God, I want to run well here. Just like Paul said, I run the race. I discipline my body. I, I run the race here because we have a short time here to see you give life to as many as possible. Would you help us with that as a church? Would you bring other people here who are like-minded, who want to spread the love and the gospel of Jesus all over this valley, up and down this mountain range, Lord? God, that's our prayer. Would you speak to us and would you use us, God, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.